What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony. I am your host, Tony. Yeah, whoa, clap, 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 yeah. Okay, that's enough. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Um, we got a great episode planned out for you guys today. Uh, right before, uh, but before we get into today's episode, I to take a quick minute and thank you guys so much for your support again. Uh, like I've said in multiple episodes before, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, you guys are behind it all, to be honest. Um, if I had no audience, I obviously wouldn't be here. Um, and if no one listened to my episodes, no one, if no one listened to my episodes at all, then again, I wouldn't be here at all. So again, I really got to thank you guys so much for this. I love doing this. I can't express it enough, but yeah, I love doing this. I find it to be really fun and for, and, uh, to be honest, um, for the first time in my life, I actually feel creative. I, I could get creative with this. Um, and yeah, well, I just wanted to say that for the first time in my life, I feel very creative. Um, and especially doing, especially in doing this because I mean, it's creative. I get to come up with ideas, um, see what works, see what doesn't. And, um, yeah, um, anyways, thank you guys so much for the support and, uh, let's, let's get those streams up, eh? All right. Um, that's enough of that, ladies and gentlemen. So if you read the title and the episode description, I assume you already know what we're here for. We're here for, I, that was a bad transforming noise. I'm so sorry. It sounded like a dying duck or something. It sounded like a dying Donald Duck. Um, <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to be reviewing Transformers, the first of the it's the five films, I think it is. Yeah, there's five right now. The first of many soon to come. And uh, let's just be honest, um, cartoon adaptations into real life aren't really the best. But this one went up against all odds and just wowed us. All right. Or at least it did for me. And uh, if I'm going to be honest, um, Transformers is one of my most favorite, favorite movie franchises out there. Um, my favorite one is the first one and the third one, especially. Because, um, I mean, um, they're so full of action and adventure and stuff like that. And so, um, if you ask me, um, if you ask me personally, do I think cartoon adaptations are great? Live action cartoon adaptations are great. I'm going to say no, but for this one, I will make an excuse. And again, we'll get to that at the end of our recap. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, enough, enough, enough of the bantering. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and sit back, relax, drink a beer, soda, or just water and relax. Cause this, my friends is Transformers.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. So for those of you that are new to today's, um, to the podcast, here's how it goes. First, we go a little bit into a, a um, whatchamacallit, uh, what was the word, fuck. I'm sorry, my brain is not, is like kind of fried right now, even though it's a Saturday morning and I've been productive all day. Um, we're going a little, we're going a little bit behind, I mean, I'm sorry, we're going a little bit into a premise then we recap the story, then we give it our rating, our opinions, and then we go a little bit behind the scenes and take a look at the production of the movie and uh, call it a day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. For those of you that do not know, Transformers is a 2007 American science fiction film based on the Transformers toy line. The film, which combines computer animation with live animation, was directed by Michael Bay, with Steven Spielberg serving as the executive producer. Yes, you heard me right. Michael Bay. Yes, we do have explosions here. Um, <clears throat> it was also produced by Don Murphy and Tom DeSanto, and it is the first installment in the live-action Transformers film series. The film stars Shia LaBeouf, as Sam Witwicky, a teenager who gets caught up in a war between heroic Autobots and villainous Decepticons, two factions of alien robots who can disguise themselves by transforming into everyday machinery, primarily vehicles. The Autobots intend to retrieve uh, and use the Allspark, the object that created their robotic race that is on Earth, to rebuild their home planet Cybertron and end the war, while Decepticons have the intention of using it to build an army, giving life to the machines of Earth. Tyrese Gibson, Josh Duhamel, Anthony Anderson, Megan Fox, Rachel Taylor, John Turturro, and John Voight also star, while voice actors Peter Cullen and Hugo Weaving voice Optimus Prime and Megatron, respectively. Murphy and DeSantos first started developing the project in 2003, and DeSanto wrote a treatment. Steven Spielberg came on board the following year, hiring Robert Roberto Orsi and Alec Alex Kurtzman to write the screenplay. The U.S. Armed Forces and General Motors loaned vehicles and aircraft during filming, which saved money for the production and added realism to the battle scenes. Hasbro promotional campaign for the film included deals with various companies. Advertised included a viral, a viral marketing campaign, coordinated releases of prequel comic books, toys, and books, as well as a product placement deals with companies such as GM, Burger King, and eBay. Transformers was received with mixed reviews from critics and audiences. It became the 28th highest grossing film of all time at the time of its release and was the fifth highest grossing film of 2007, grossing $709 million worldwide with an estimated 46 million tickets sold in the u.s the film won four awards from the visual effects society and was nominated for three academy awards for best sound editing best sound mixing and best visual effects shia labeau's performance was praised by empire and colin's reprisal of optimus prime from the 1980s television series was well received by fans the film was followed by four sequels transformers revenge of the fallen released in 2009 transformers dark of the moon released in 2011 Transformers Age of Extinction, released in 2014, and The Last Night, released in 2017. A spin-off titled Bumblebee was released the following year in 2018. Ooh, alright. It's a hell of an intro. Alright, our story goes a little bit something like this. Um, let me just get a quick swig of water. Hydrate or dehydrate, folks. Okay. Our story opens up several thousands of years ago on the planet Cybertron. 
planet is consumed by a civil war between two Transformer factions, the Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, and the Decepticons, led by Megatron. Optimus jetsoned the Allspark, a mystical artifact that brings life to the planet and non-biological forms into space, but Megatron pursued it in spaceship form. Megatron crashed on Earth and landed in the Arctic Circle and froze and wasn't discovered until the year 1895 by explorer Captain Archibald Witwicky. Witwicky inadvertently activated Megatron's navigational system and etched the Allspark's coordinates into his glasses. The glasses eventually end up in the possession of his great-great-grandson, Sam Witwicky. We flash forward to the present. The Decepticon named Blackout attacks and destroys a United States military base in Qatar in a failed attempt to hack the military network to find information on Project Iceman, a classified project linked to Megatron's whereabouts. They also, they're also there for the Allspark. A surviving team of Army Rangers, led by Captain William Lennox, escape across the desert, pursued by Blackout's drone scorts. Scorpnook. They fight Scorpnook off, aided by aerial reinforcements, and travel home to, with, with Scorpnook's Stinger, discovering Sabot Sound's damaged its armor. At the Pentagon, Secretary of Defense John Keller leads the investigation into the attack. Data analyst Maggie Madsen catches another Decepticon, Frenzy, hacking into the military network while on board Air Force One. While the network, I mean, while the hack is thwarted, Frenzy downloads Files of Archibald's glasses and tracking down with Sam with barricade and disguised as a ceiling 821 police car. Maggie makes a copy of the audio signal made during the hacking attempt and goes to her hacker friend Glenn Whitman to decode the signal, but they're promptly arrested by the uh, FBI for having classified information. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and take a look at that? I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, Maggie! Listen, I need no, your help. this is my private area, my, my place of zen and peace. Listen to me. Shut up, Grandma! What are you doing here? Just give me a break, will you? Grandma, I'm gonna drink your prune juice! The signal strength is through the roof. Where did you say you got this? Attack the National Military Air Guard frequency in less than a minute. No way. Yeah. Looks like there's a message embedded in the signal. Let me work my magic. Project Iceman? What Sector 7? Who's Captain Witwicky? Playing those video games again. Ah! Cops! FBI! Clear right! Ah! Lock it down! Lock it down! Cops! Why is it? I'm just a cousin! I'm just a cousin! 
Yes, yes, now you know where the, sorry, meme comes from. Okay. All right, back to our story. Uh, we focus on Sam Whitwicky, who buys his first car, and it's a rusty 1976 Chevrolet Camaro, but he discovers that it has a life of its own. Sam and his high school crush, Michaela Baines, are rescued from Barricade and Frenzy by the Camaro, who turns out to be Autobot Scout Bumblebee, who has to communicate through his car radio due to him being a mute. Bumblebee later scans a 2006 Camaro and transforms into a duplicate of it. Bumblebee takes Sam and Michaela to meet Optimus Prime, Jazz, Ironhide, and Ratchet. Optimus explains that if Megatron gains the Allspark, he will transform Earth's machinery into a new army and exterminate mankind. Sam, Michaela, and the Autobots travel to Sam's house to retrieve the glasses, but they are captured by... Agents of Sector 7, a top-secret paramilitary government branch which was founded by seven people and led by Agent Seymour Simmons. The Autobots stop the agents, but they call for backup, who they then take Sam, Michaela, and Bumblebee into custody. Custody, sorry. Uh, though Optimus obtains the glasses and uses them to locate the AllSpark, the humans connected to the Transformers have are gathered together at Hoover Dam by Sector 7's director, Tom Banachek, who reveals... Megatron still frozen and the all spark. Dun dun dun. Anyways, Frenzy having having smuggled away in Michaela's bag and disguised himself as her phone disables Megatron's cryonics system and attacks Starscream, Megatron's second in command and acting leader of the Decepticons, who in turn summons Blackout, Barricade, Bra, and Bone Crusher. The latter being killed by Optimus Prime on a highway. Bumblebee is released to protect the Allspark, shrinking it into a handheld size so it can be transported safely. Megatron escapes the dam after thawing it out. Frenzy is decapitated by his own what is that? By his own ricocheting shrunken in the ensuing battle as Keller, Maggie, Glenn, and Simmons call for aerial support. A battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons. I am so sorry that happened. I did not see that. I'm so sorry. Where was I? Oh, right. A battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons breaks out in nearby Mission City, during which Jazz, Blackout, and Bra are killed. Megatron prevents Sam's attempt escape with the Allspark, and Optimus arrives to protect Sam and engages in a battle against Megatron, with the latter being getting the upper hand until Sam instead ramps Allspark, the Allspark into Megatron's chest, destroying it and killing him. Optimus salvages a shard of the Allsparks from Megatron's mangled corpse. The government shuts down Sector 7 and depo disposes of the dead Decepticons in the Laurentian Abyss. Sam and Michaela later then start a relationship while the Autobots secretly hide out on Earth. Optimus sends a transmission to space, inviting any surviving Autobots to join them. A brief mid credit scene st shows Starscream escaping into space, saying, Cybertron, saying in Cybertronian that it's not over. And that, my friends... Is Transformers in a nutshell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we have all been waiting for the rating on a scale of one to ten, I give Transformers a an eight out of ten. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I have to give it an eight out of ten for several, several reasons. First off, for it being a successful um a successful sorry a successful adaptation all right you read stories 
and and reports of these of these uh cartoons being turned into live action adaptations and how they 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 become huge box office bombs but with with transformers in this case that's not it that's not it it was yes it was a cartoon adaptation uh the original cartoons aired in the 80s they were they were part of the 80s and um well they decided to make a live action movie of it and that's exactly what we're looking at here and i think when i speak for everyone when i say this and i mean it um it was successful right it was a really successful movie and it wasn't a shitty adaptation um like most companies netflix tend to do these days but um yeah I gotta give it for that. Another reason uh, as to why I give it the rating it has right now is because of the plot. The plot, it's... I like how they open up on a flashback and then just slowly start showing uh, how the time has progressed. It's a recurring theme in the Transformers series. They open up on a... On a um, they open up in a flashback and then slowly flash forward to the present. But um, and while I do admit it is kind of it does get kind of annoying here, it was extremely original. It was extremely original. Most people hadn't seen something like that, and I love it. I love the I love the the plot and how it pro- uh, progresses. Um, another reason why I got to give it a high rating would have to be because of the one-liners. This movie has so many one-liners, so many as uh, good jokes. Uh, it's it's so good. It actually entertains me, and I'm like, hmm, what would I be saying if I was in a situation like that? Fucking pull up to a robot, hasta la vista, bitch, boom. That'd be kind of cool. Not gonna lie, but yeah, that's where it is at. Uh, the reason why I don't give it a complete ten out of ten would have to be because of several reasons. Um, no CGI movie, no no computer animation movie is ever gonna come out great. There's going to be, there's always going to be some flaws, some mistakes in the frames, and uh, frankly, while watching this movie, there were a few flaws that I saw um, happen, and um, yeah, another reason why I got to give it a rating, the rating it has, is because most, a lot of, majority of the times in these kind of movies, they always focus more on the sp- on the product placement than they do on the actual plot, like. Say that you're watching a movie about a high-speed chase and the guy's getting away. And the guy turns over to his car and he's like, oh no, looks like we'll have to catch him in my 1972 Ford Phoenix. Look, it has 1,300 horsepower. It'll get lost in the wind. And this and that and this and this and that. And 20 minutes have gone by and the guy's already halfway through the country. Escaping. Meanwhile, you're still back in your garage bragging about your Ford Phoenix. Um... Sorry, I went way too overboard with that. But yeah, that's how it is here. Um, so yeah, that's another reason why I got to give it the score it has right now because product placement. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, a t- uh, I'll say it again. It's one of my favorite child, I mean, um, not child, um, one of my favorite cartoon adaptations. One that's definitely did not fuck up. Um, I mean, the series is still running today, as I think so. Um, and yeah, that's that's great. All right. 
let's get a little bit behind the scenes a lot of the cars i really like a lot of the cars used here the peterbilt 379 was optimus's uh, form the chevrolet camaros used to portray Bumble bumblebee the pontiac solstice used to portray jazz and the gmc top top kick used to portray ironhide it's all amazing uh let's go a little bit behind the scenes um Don Murphy was playing a G.I. Joe film adaptation, but when the United States launched an invasion of Iraq in March of 2003, Hasbro suggested that adapting the Transformers franchise would be lucrative. Instead, Tom DeSanto joined Murphy because he was a fan of the series. They met with comic book writer Simon Furman and cited the Generation 1 cartoon comics as their main influence. They made the Creation Matrix their plot. They made the Creation Matrix their plot device. Uh, though Murphy had renamed it because of the film series The Matrix, but was later then again used in the sequel. DeSanto chose to write the treatment of a human point of view to engage the audience, while Murphy wanted to have a realistic tone reminiscent of a disaster film. The treatment featured the Autobots, Optimus Prime, Ironhide, Jazz, Prowl, Acri, Ratchet, Wheeljack, and Bumblebee. Decepticons, we had Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave, Ravage, Laserbeak, Rumble, Skywarps, and Shockwave. Steven Spielberg, a fan of the comics and toys, signed on as a executive producer in 2004. John Rogers wrote the first draft, which pitted the four Autobots against the four Decepticons and featured the Ark spaceship. Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, fans of the cartoon, were hired to rewrite the script in February of 2005. Spielberg suggested that a boy and his car should be the focus. This appealed to Orgy and Kurtzman because it conveyed themes of adulthood and responsibility. Quote, the car that of the things that a car represents in the United States, end quote. The characters of Sam and Michaela were the sole point of view given in Orky and Kurtzman's first draft. The Transformers had no dialogue as the producers feared talking robots would look ridiculous. The writers felt that it would, it would that even if it would look silly, not having robots speak would write would uh, betray the franchise. <laughs> the first draft had also had also a battle scene in the Grand Canyon. Spielberg read each of Orky and Kurtz drafts and gave notes for improvement. The writers remained involved throughout production, adding additional dialogue for robots during the sound mixing, although none of this was kept in the final film, which ran 15 minutes shorter than the initial edit. Fun Man's The Ultimate Guide was published by Dorling Kindersley, remained as a resource to the comic book to the writers throughout production. Prime Detective, I mean, Prime Directive was used as a fake working title. This was also the name of Dreamwave Productions' first Transformers comic book. Michael Bay was asked to direct by Spielberg on July 30, 2005, but he dismissed the film as a, quote, stupid toy movie, end quote. Nonetheless, he wanted to work with Spielberg and gain new respect for the, con for the concept upon visiting Hasbro. Bay considered the first draft to be too kiddie, so he increased the military's role in the story. The writer sought inspiration from G.I. Joe for soldier characters being not too careful to mix with the brands. Bay used Lennox's struggle to get to the Pentagon phone line while struggling with an unhelpful operator from a real account he was given by a soldier when working on another film. Orky and Kurtzman experimented with numerous robots in the franchise, ultimately selecting the characters most popular among the filmmakers to form the final cast. Bay acknowledged that most of the Decepticons uh, were selected before their names or roles were even developed as Hasbro, Hasbro had to start designing the toys. Some of their names were changed because Bay was upset that he had been that they had been leaked. 
Optimus, Megatron, Bubblebee, and Starscream were the only characters present in each version of the script. Agri was a female Transformers introduced by Orkin Kurtzman, but was cut because they found it difficult to explain robot gender. Bay also disliked her motorcycle form, which she found to be too which he found to be too small. An early idea to have the Decepticons simultaneously simultaneously strike multiple places around the world was also drawn. That actually sounds great. Sorry. Okay. Uh, a lot of product placements with this. Uh, the U.S. Armed Forces provided significant formats in support, sorry, enhancing the film's realism. The film features F-22s, F-117s, V-22 Ospreys. The first time these films, these these were aircrafts were used for a film. Soldiers served as extras and authentic uniforms were provided for the actors. A-10 Thunderbolt 2s and Lockhead AC-130s also appeared. Captain Christian Hodge joked that he had to explain to his superiors that the filmmakers wanted to portray most of their aircraft as evil Decepticons. However, he remarked, people love bad guys. Ooh, shit. Okay. To save money for production, Bay reduced his usual fee by 30%. He planned an 83 shooting schedule, maintained the required pace by doing more camera setups per day than usual. Bay chose to shoot the film in the U.S. instead of Australia and Canada, allowing him to work with a crew he was familiar with who understood his work ethic. A pre-shoot took place in, in April uh, 9th of 2006, and principal photography began three days later at Holman Air Force Base, which stood in, in for Qatar due to the destruction later in the film by Decepticon Blackout. The majority of the military structures shown on screen were not property of Holman Air Force Base, but were purchased ahead of filming from a private manufacturer of military sh shelter systems, AKS Military. To film the Scorpnook sequence, a White Sands missile range, a sweep up was performed to remove unexploded ordnance before building a village set could begin. Ironically, the village would be blown up, and the scene was broken down for the air battle managers while flying aboard AWACS aircraft, who improvised dialogue as if it were an actual battle. The company also shot at Hoover Dam and at the Pentagon, the first since the September 11th attacks that film crews had been allowed on these locations. The external Hoover Dam scenes were shot before tourists arrived daily at 10 a.m. with shooting moving insights for the remainder of the day. Production in California California was based at Hughes Aircraft at Playa Vista, where the hangar in which Megatron is imprisoned was built. Six weeks were spent in LA uh, shooting the climactic battle with, with some elements uh, being shot at Universal Studios back lot as it towards Michigan Central Station. The crew was also allowed to shoot at Griffith Observatory, which was still closed for renovations, which had begun in 2002 and would reopen in November 2006. Filming finally wrapped on October 4th, 2006, and the film has been found to reuse footage from Bay's previous film, Pearl Harbor. Um, in terms of music, I really love it. It makes me feel, you know, kind of like heroic, like Boy, it gets harder to swallow those meds. That's what she said. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at the reception. Transformers had the highest per screen and per theater gross in 2007 in North America. It was released on July 3rd, 2007 with 8 p.m. preview screenings on July 2nd. The United States previews earned 
$8.8 million in its first day of general release and grossed $27.8 million, a record for Tuesday box office gross until it was broken by The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012. It, how, it did, however, break Spider-Man 2's record for the biggest four, July 4th gross, making $29 million. Transformers opened in over 4,050 theaters in North America and grossed $70.5 million in its first weekend, debuting at number one and amounting to a $155.4 million opening week, giving it the record for the biggest opening week for a non-sequel. The opening's gross in the United States was 50% more than what Paramount Pictures had expected. One executive attributed to word of mouth and explained that, um, sorry, uh, explained to parents that, quote, it was okay to take the kids, end quote. Transformers ended its theatrical run in the U.S. and Canada with a gross of $319.2 million, making it the third highest grossing film of 2007 in these regions behind Spider-Man 3 and Shrek 3. Oh, yeah. The film sold an estimated 46 million forty hundred and two thousand one hundred tickets in north america the film was released in 10 international markets on june 28 2007 including australia new zealand singapore and the philippines transformers made 29.5 million dollars its first first opening weekend in topping the box office in 10 countries it grossed 5.2 million in malaysia becoming the most successful film in the country's history it also opened in china on july 11th and became the second highest grossing foreign film in the country right behind titanic making 37.3 million uh it's opening there set a record for a foreign language film making three million the film was officially released in the uk on july 27th making 8.7 million pounds and helped contribute to the biggest audience record forever that weekend it was second at the at the uk box office behind the simpsons movie in south korea transformers recorded the largest audience for a foreign film in 2007 and the highest foreign revenue of the film Worldwide, Transformers was the highest-grossing non-sequel film in 2007, with over $709.7 million, making it Bay's fourth-highest-grossing film to date, with three of its sequels surpassing it. It was also the fifth-highest-grossing film of 2007, behind Pirates of the Caribbean, At Worlds, and Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Spider-Man 3, and Shrek the Third. Review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes gave the film an approval rating of unfortunately 58% based on 227 reviews with an average of 5.79 out of 10. The website's critical consensus reads, quote, While believable characters are hard to come by in Transformers, the effects are staggering and the action is exhilarating, end quote. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted score of 61 out of 100 based on 35 critics indicating, quote-unquote, generally favorable reviews. It got a lot of nominations as well. It got a, a nomination nominations for the 80th Academy Awards, such as Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Sound Editing. They also got and they were also nominated for MTV Movie Awards for Best Some uh Best Movie of the Summer, Best Movie, and Favorite Movie. It only won the Best Summer Movie and Best Movie. They also got nominated for. A, Kuala Lumpur International Film Festival Award, a Hollywood Film Festival Award, Sixth Visual Effects Society Awards, BMI Awards, Golden Raspberry Raspberry Awards, and Thirty Fourth Saturn Awards. Um, they ended up winning. Uh, what is this? They ended up winning an award for Best Special Effects from the Kuala Lumpur Festival. Uh, 
they also won for best visual effects of the year hollywood film festival they also won outstanding visual effects in a visual effects driven uh, feature motion picture and best single visual effects of the year they also won uh, an award for <clears throat> sorry they also won an award for Outstanding Models in Miniatures in a Feature Motion Picture, and a BMI Award for Best Film Music Award. Uh, they were also nominated for Raspberry Awards and Saturn Awards. They only won the Best Special Effects Award for Saturn Award. Uh, Jesus Christ, so many awards. Awards. Uh, in terms of sequel, they released a second sequel on on June 24, 2009, titled Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. The third film, Transformers Darker the Moon, was released on June 29, 2011. A fourth film, Age of Extinction, was released on June 27, 2014. And a fifth film, titled The Last Night, was released on June 21, 2017. Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon, and Age of Extinction were financial success. Unfortunately, The Last Night failed at the box office, and all uh, sequels have received mostly negative reviews. A spin-off and prequel titled Bumblebee was released on December 21st, 2018. The positive reviews. It's the highest rated film in the Transformers series. And, uh, well, as far as the story of Transformers goes, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's where it ends here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't thank you guys enough for the time you have dedicated to listening to this. Um, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, uh, spread the word. Y'all know what to do. So tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your grandma. Tell tell your tell your neighbors as well, bro. Tell everyone about the podcast in the new podcast in town, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, can't believe we're already at thirty-seven episodes. Could you believe that? That's crazy. Wow. Um. Jesus Christ, thirty-seven episodes. Um. Oh, that's a lot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough of that. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll catch you all in the next one. See ya. I've seen